Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a 30-minute conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. Like this week, I'm super curious about why I can't keep my episodes to 30 minutes because I can't stop talking, but I think we all enjoy it and we're all friends here, so we're doing our best. This week, I'm joined by actress, activist, person extraordinaire, and I gotta ask, Jamila Jamil, what are you passionate about? Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Vaness. I'm extremely excited. I feel like I hope you guys are sitting down if you're driving to work because you're going to be very excited about our guest today. Welcome to Getting Curious, Miss Jamila Jamil. Hello. Oh my God. How was your day, honey? (laughs) It's great. It's all the better for seeing you. Ah, thank you so much for coming here. Also, I mean... When I first started getting curious, I wanted to like kind of be like an Annie Leibovitz of podcasting, not in excellence, but just in like, I learned as an assistant that like on set, she doesn't like things that are too like, um, forced, like mm-hmm. too can, like, she's like, she's like, we want to let it, like, let it happen, you know, like very organic. And I was like, I wanted that to be like this, you mm-hmm. know, but I wanted to say at the beginning, not to guide the, the conversation too much, but I love how you use your platform. I love how you speak passion to your truth. I think that's so important. Although a few weeks ago, I did do a Lipton tea post that they named Detox, but really it's dandelion and nettle and and grapefruit oil. And I really, I got, I. You were worried I would come for you? Not you, honey. Okay. The people on the comments were like, Jamila's going to murder you. And then we're going to take your corpse and drag it around the football field. And then how oh, dare you no. promote this filth on your platform? And I was like, oh my God, it's literally nettle and dandelion. I just think the term detox became problematic this year, but there isn't that gross chemical in this little baby tea. That word hasn't aged well. But she is not aged well. It's a bad word. Mm-hmm. However, I would just say this. Um, they're going to be really excited that you're here. I'm really excited you're here. The Good Place is one of my very favorite shows, honey. I'm obsessed. I love Darcy. I love Ted. I love everyone. It's like, also, I just got really scared because I got nervous that I was going to say like the wrong, I, like Kristen's obviously the right name, but then in my head, I started thinking about Kristen Bell, not Kristen Wig, and or the other way around. People, because of my pronunciation, think I'm in a show with Christian Bale. And so they <laughs> assume that The Good Place is a really serious, dark drama. Oh my God. Can you imagine if, <laughs> well, he would be very good as like Ted Danson's like evil, you know. Or Sean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But- Sean the Demon. But like a, but like a, like more of a one that'll just, you know, get in trouble on NBC for cussing. Yes. You know. The dream. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, because NBC, honey, good places on NBC. Mm-hmm. Yay for good place sorting out. Because my family owns like a small NBC. Like I have like a, my, I come from like a journalism family. So we have mm-hmm. like, when I grew up, I was always like, oh my God, yay. Like we're totally beating CBS right now with like Will and Grace and the Olympics and we're killing it. And then for a little baby bit, we were not killing it. No. But now, yay, thank God you guys are killing it. Well, we're back in the game. And I think that's thanks to our boss, Paulina. And also thanks to the fact that Mike Scher doesn't want to condescend the American public, to condescend to the American public or to the world. He Who is this boy? Mike Scher is the creator of The Good Place. Oh, my God. Yeah. On the title page, so, get yeah. it together, Jonathan. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, <laughs> that's OK. And so he he doesn't believe in patronizing people. He knows that people are capable of grasping high concept. And he gave a high concept show to a network. And it worked. It worked. Isn't it great? We're on. We're about to film season four. Who would it's have thunk? So good. I also just well, if you if you haven't watched it yet, 
you should. And also like, I can't tell you right now how fast or how long you should fast forward, but maybe in the post, I can tell you how fast you should fast forward. If I'm going to talk about the good place right now with you for a little bit, just because mm-hmm. I don't want to be spoilers, no, but no, no, go, just note it. to self, I'm going to tell people to fast forward to like 20, whatever, you know, so that we don't spoil it. Can I tell you something really sad? Uh-huh. I think I might be the biggest good place stand that there is. And I'm on the show, which is so Oh my God, I love that. I post the most about the show of anyone on the cast. My my page is basically just a fan account for Ted Danson. Oh my God, uh, I love that. just like a creepy fan of my own show, which is like narcissism gone mad, like eating itself. No, it's not because it's not your fault that you're part of a really good concept and it's super hysterical. I was so I shook so much. when I realized that she was hell. I was rock to my gay core <laughs> I was so shocked I, I mean I literally I went to bed to season one like every well I mean not at first at first I watched it at normal times but then I just loved it so much because I was so shook by because it. it's it's rare that you get a comedy that's a page turner mm-hmm. the good place does that Indeed. Broad City also did that like mm-hmm. I was like oh my god I can't wait for the next one but comedy you know you can kind of just like luxuriate Veep does that to me like I'm mm-hmm. like oh my god I got to I gotta but get there's something that's like a cuddle about the good place and and also like we've been airing through some of the hardest times politically Ugh. in the world and so it's been really nice I guess for some people to have that respite yeah oh, oh I love how your British accent says respite respite oh I love that <laughs> I think I say respite okay. I say it like a bum fuck Egypt person <laughs> You know what I mean? Just like nowhere. Like I have like seven teeth compared to how you say it. But we shouldn't make light of like dental issues, right? Oh my God. No. Okay, wait. Okay. So when you're minding your own business, you're just like in London and yeah. and you're- I think in- we've learned from my Twitter, I'm never minding my own business, but yes. But you know, but you're just walking down the street and yeah. then like your manager or your agent called you and was like, girl, I think there is this, this part could be for you. No, I had a lump in my breast. No. Yeah. That took a hard right turn. I know. I just had a lump. I'm here my, for I just it. I really wanted to bring up my breast. No. Uh, no, I so I had a, a lump in my breast and I was 28 years old and I had a, they make you wait a fucking week to tell you your results whether or not you have cancer. So I uh, during that week made a like sort of a not a bucket list, oh. a bucket list of everything I would just do if I found out I didn't have cancer. I got the all clear a week later, booked a one-way ticket to Los Angeles, quit my job at the BBC, left my person that I was in a relationship with, said goodbye to all my friends, put all my belongings in a bag and fucked off. So I came here with no plan, no visa, no contacts. Donald Trump's dream. A brown woman without a visa entering the United States. And when did that happen? This was three and a half years ago. I'm literally dry mouthed because like I didn't, I should do more pre-research. I bet you probably have talked about this in an interview. I'm like not, I can't, I'm like, wow. But you know, um, so I was reading this story about Natasha Richardson and her sister was saying how like, you know, in their family, you realize when you lose someone like that, like unexpectedly and quickly Mm. that like the difference between life and death is like a fingernail. And I think when you like, that must have been such a 28 years old. And like, you just don't, that is like a, that is a intense fork uh, in the road. And I namaste and commend you on like how you faced it down and like chased your baby dreams, like through a very scary thing. And another thing is I love that you're able to like, just fucking say it. Like, because my first reaction when I hear that is I kind of like, I noticed like I white knuckled the chair. I was like, oh my God, like, like, but we need to be able to talk about that in a way because it's like life and death. And we need to be able to talk about like lumps in our breasts and we need to talk about lumps in our testicles or whatever and talk about it. Cause that like, that literally saves people's literal lives. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I um, I also think we don't talk enough about life in itself and how grateful we should be for what we do have because we're being tricked by society to just think about what we don't have so that we'll go out and buy some shit. Uh, so that's a huge problem. And I think that I'm very into trying to remind people of the potency of life and how quickly it can be taken away from you. This is not my first massive health scare. I get like one every 10 years. So I'm no. doing another one in like seven years. Yeah. And, and each one of them is like a well needed kick up the arse just to remember that you only really get get one shot at this and you can so easily be manipulated into thinking about what you don't have out of the joy of what you do have. What a universal interesting truth that someone with this particular outlook would end up on a show like The Good Place. Mm-hmm. I love that. So that I love that you're a stan that makes you know sense to me. I literally just filmed or filmed a recorded episode of Getting Curious yesterday that because I never know what order they're going to come out, and I hope that this makes sense. But anyway, it was kind of a... Because I had this issue of like, why is it with all this gorgeous things that are going on for me right now? I look in the comments, and of all of the gorgeous ones that I see, the people that come over me, like mm-hmm. come for me about like the detox, I'm like... That is not how I promote my life. You don't even know that. Like she has like a nervous breakdown and like don't even like notice like all of, like the gorgeous things. And so the question that I wanted to ask this like amazing like cognitive like neuro lady. She's so fierce. She's like Zimbabwean South African. I am she's so cool. Mm-hmm. Dr. Caroline Leaf is her name. Yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, I was like, huh. Um, but she like I was like, why do I remember the bad experiences more so than the good ones? And she was saying how like as like our animal nature is like our brains are naturally wired to be optimistic. We're like, we're naturally wired to be like, love me. We're wired for deep, meaningful connection. Yeah. When we're babies, we're born loving ourselves. We love our thighs. We love our stomachs. Yes. We, we, we let people know when we're hungry and when we're tired and when we're sad and when we're lonely. And we stop doing that by the time we're like three. We're conditioned to stop just telling people the truth about how we feel. And we're taught shame. Kids don't understand shame. We teach shame to children, which is such a crazy thing to do if you think about it. Because deep down, we're all just happy and accepting. Yeah. Well, that was her thing. She was like, that's why, you know, we remember the bad things or the negative experiences so much because we're wired for love. Mm -hmm. Like we're wired for connection. So when we experience the opposite of that, it's like... What is this awful, horrific, awful feeling? It's kind of like this one time when I pooped my pants in my car. Mm -hmm. The only time I've ever done it in my entire life. It was such a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And as it was happening, I was like, oh my God, my entire body from head to toe is completely clenched. And I realized (laughs) that when I took a deep breath, everything was going to change. But I was like, what is this terrible foreign feeling in my body? That's like what shame is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like you're about to fucking shit your pants in your goddamn Kia Rio that you can't even afford. And you're going to have to go take it to Carfax tomorrow because you can't buy. Because there was flies flying around in that car. I don't even. It was. (laughs) No, seriously. It was awful. They are attracted to it. It was so traumatic. I I see you and I fucking raise you. (gasps) I shot myself all over the street (sighs) on Santa Monica Boulevard. Right by Third Street Promenade. I haven't told that in an interview before. <laughs> and I'm already regretting it. <laughs> Vulnerability but hangover. We'll have it together. Hold, hold my hand. Hold yeah. my hand. Yeah, I, I shot myself all over the street and in broad daylight. Uh, and people, because I was dressed so appallingly, uh, assumed I was a uh, homeless person. Uh, and therefore, which is awful, wouldn't help me. And I believe anyone who's shitting there themselves all over the street should be helped, regardless of no. whether they have an address or not. Can we? So people were literally running away from me in like it felt like in slow motion with their like holding their children's hands, like running away from the crazy, crazy like shit river lady. Oh and, my god! Uh, and I had to kind of <laughs> climb uh, in between two parked cars. 
This is on Santa Monica Boulevard. It's not by Third Street Promenade. Yeah, so it's like Fifth Street. So I'm now crouching in between two cars, where I continue to sit, laugh, cry, and shit, <laughs> and piss. I, don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I needed to piss as well. <laughs> in between these two cars, and I sit there for about two hours. And no one will help me, and I'm so scared I'm going to become a YouTube sensation. No! Recognize me. <laughs> no one does, and then it goes dark at like five because it was November. Thank God. And it's freezing. It's freezing. And I. I, am I, I hope I don't get arrested. Can I get arrested afterwards? No, okay. the statute of limitations well, is long I, past. Okay, fine. So I, <laughs> I took off all of my clothes, <laughs> apart from my bra, <laughs> all of my clothes. Um, I ran home wearing only my shit. <laughs> how how far seven, away did you seven, live? It was seven blocks. Oh, seven Los Angeles blocks. My seven, God. Blocks. So, so you're so in your bra covered in poop, <laughs> crazily running through. And I had to run through. I had to run through the lobby of a lit up five star hotel, and leaving my little shit footprints behind me. And then, and then I had to run up like 30 flights of stairs because obviously I couldn't take the lift. And I, I showered like 11 times. And because the hotel was so fancy, it's one of those places where they just never mention to you that they saw your vagina <laughs> as you <laughs> ran past them covered in shit. Oh, I think I just heard all my possible brand endorsements like leave the no, building. No, I'll let my, no, I'll let mine leave the building too. No, I'm going to support you supporting okay, me supporting you. Thank you. you. Thank you. So for me... <laughs> For me, I'll just say it really quickly okay. and then we're going to take a break. Okay. Um, so for me, I was minding my own business one day mm-hmm. in 2015. I was driving a Kia Rio at the time. My very good friend and I went to that place, Bossa Nova. You know Bossa Nova? I do. I get a warm spinach salad. Oh, and also Bossa Nova, this is so not on you. This is 100% me. You're mm-hmm. going to hear why in a second. Get this warm seafood spinach salad, honey. She's serving you raw onion, goat cheese, spinach, clams, like uh, scallops, like a literal, it's a whole seafood situation. That's, that is Russian roulette for your asshole. Then I'm like, you know what would wash this down great? Some yogurt land. Then after oh. that, then after that, I'm like, you know what would taste so yummers right now is a kombucha. I need a kombucha. Were you trying to? Then about hurt 10 yourself? minutes later, I'm like, you know what? Not feeling great. I'm not feeling great. I'm just going to drive home because I lived in Culver City at the time. This was in kind of West LA. West LA, not a great place for pooping your pants, apparently, oh, is no. what I'm finding from this podcast. Santa so Monica I'm Boulevard, also quite bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what, this was, this for me, this was on Barrington between uh, Pico and Olympic. And so, yeah, that was right where I came back to the initial point of like, why shame feels so foreign. I was sitting in the car. The lights were red. I realized that every muscle in my body was clenching. I mm-hmm. had never felt it before. I realized when I took a deep breath, I was going to, in fact, poop my pants. I had a full wet diarrhea bowel movement right mm-hmm. on, in the car. And what was the worst for me? Now, yours is worse because yours took hours to execute. And then I, I had to run home Yeah, naked. yours is much worse. I, deserve, I belong on like a sex offenders register. No, like, you, you don't. That is not true. I will not have you talk. Well, you know what? If the police had saw you, they would have understood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is true. Now, here's the thing. I had to make... Three or four turns on the way home between there and where I lived, oh. and every time I had to make a turn, I literally could feel the river between my thighs because no. I was also in a I was also in a, Lu, a new Lululemon tight, which was a really big deal for me at the time. An eighty dollar <laughs> tight was like the end of my world back then, honey. And I 
pooped my pants in them the second time I'd worn it. So then when I got home, my lesbian neighbors, who were sweet as they could be, they had a three-bedroom apartment below mine. They were having a block party. And I had to get out of my Kia Rio in the middle of their block party, covered in a newspaper that I got off the top of the trash can that I had to put around me like a towel. Then I ran upstairs. Then I came downstairs after I showered, of course. And when I went to get back in the car... It was like The Ring, like the movie The Ring. There was a swarm of fucking flies flying oh. around in the car. It had only been like six minutes. I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, I li- Now I'm feeling my shame. I'm getting chills all over don't my be, thighs. I'm getting a lot of chills on my... You know what? Shit happens. It does. And it happens to us all. No matter what. So when you see doesn't me all glamorous... Doesn't matter how many Instagram followers you have. It doesn't matter. You'll poop your pants. <laughs> You're not immune. You will poop your fucking pants. It doesn't <laughs> matter who you are. You know what I mean? Uh, even Jamila Jamila, the prettiest person I've ever seen in real life in front of my face. I can't believe that happened to you. And you know what? We literally did make like Kelly Clarkson songs and we're stronger than we were before that. I agree. We booked a job like we're thriving. We're using our authentic voices. Not that I'm just like, you know, just cheering us up. Well, yeah, I am cheering us on. I'm proud of us. You listen to these ads and we'll be right back with more getting curious after this. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. We are here with Jamila Jamil. We're getting our best lives. Mm -hmm. So that was a real exercise in vulnerability that I have to be honest with you. I had no intention of necessarily going on this morning. I definitely didn't intend to tell you that. But here's the thing. If you really wake up feeling salty about it tomorrow, you let me know and we will delete that whole 10 minutes and figure it out. But I I think it's... I throw it in the fuck it bucket. Ah. Oh, yeah. So your fuck it bucket that happened after you had this experience when you were 28, yeah. then you're mining your own. Because it took me that long to get back to the original question, which was. Well, I did derail you, but yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> I loved your, the store. Well, I didn't love that you have to go, th- you had to go through that, but I, you know, loved how you handled it. Was it was very so, humbling. So then you got here mm-hmm. and then, you know, and you did not, it was, she was benign, honey. She was thriving. She came here. She, and then her manager said, honey. Well, no, I, I wrote a pilot and I got signed to Three Arts as a comedy writer. And, uh, uh, skipped a few. I, you buried the lead. Well, you wrote a pilot. I wrote a pilot. I and they were like, we pilot. love this. They liked it and they thought that they could maybe produce it. Uh, and that's still something that we might think about making. But I've been very busy uh, since because that this, around the same time, this audition came up for an annoying, overly tall, preferably South Asian woman from England and he was like this is basically you you should just go to the audition so I went to the audition with zero expectations and I'd never acted before ever so Uh, I I didn't think anything because what did you do at BBC I was a I was a radio DJ oh And so I was like a TV presenter. I used to do host shows where I would uh, people would phone in with their problems and me and a psychotherapist would help with their problems or I would do the countdown, which is like the Billboard 100. I was also a documentary maker, so I would make documentaries about pornography and the harm to kids and and uh, prostitution and all these different things. Anything that was particularly glamorous, they would send me to go and cover. And that was very interesting. Uh, and then before that, I was just sort of like a VJ, like a TRL type host. So I'd only ever done that sort of thing. And uh, I never, ex- and been a writer, and I, I never expected to be an actor. But I think because I was so calm, because I didn't think that Mike Sher would ever want me, I, I was so chilled in the audition that he, uh. he mistook that for confidence and competence. Uh. And so he gave me the job. And then I had to learn how to act, and I had about a week. So I just copied every single thing that Ted Danson did. I did a commercial with him, and I was extremely aware of the sheer like presence of it all like he's just got some I wasn't ready for it like (laughs) I was minding my own business and then I like met Ted Danza for the first time and I was just like I know you're heterosexual and everything but like who has that much charisma 
so much charisma. How dare he? Who the fuck does he think he is? Like when he taps you on the back, like when he like when he like you taps your shoulder when like when you're about when he's like like when he's like practicing it and you're like oh, yeah because he's really good at like practicing his like what he's about to say. Honey. Yeah, yeah, he's really good and every single take is different and. Oh! And his like his movements are so nuanced and he just puts so much into his performance and he's just so fucking funny, but he also knows how funny he is. So he tries to break us and uh, make us corpse, uh, which is where you destroy a scene by laughing. And he will Wait, what's that term? Corpsing. 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 I don't know why it's called that. I've heard that. I also, and it means like in a scene. It someone, means just like making someone laugh during a scene when they're not supposed to. Uh, kind of, I think, kills the scene. I don't know. Because she's an expensive thing because they're like lighting over time. Come on, but you just can't help it because exactly. we're all friends. No, we have he, so much fun. He fucks us up. He's so funny oh and it's so fun on set. I love being there. Oh my. Well, how could you not have fun? It's the most incredible cast. It is a great cast, but they're great off screen as well. Uh, which is, I think, something that. You know, energetically also, I really, this podcast I did literally with yesterday with Caroline Leaf really rocked my world because she was saying like, you know, energy, why it's so important because it's not like this, you know, as my grandma would have said, like flimsy, floppy, namby, pamby thing. It's like energy matters so much. Like when you walk into a room and there's good energy, it literally, it, you, you feel it. Like it's when you feel negative energy because we're made of water and like there's like the energy like affects us. It's like a thing. So, yeah. And there's also so much gratitude there. And, and even though none of us need a reason to be reminded to be grateful, Ted always makes a point of saying at least once a week, at least once a week, um, aren't we so lucky that we get to do this for a job? And this man is 71 years old. Like he, he has been doing this for like 30 odd years more than 30 years and he's still not jaded which is so crazy because I meet 21 year old pop stars who are already jaded he's a really special force to have around he really is and yeah. it's well it's really important to be able to have people in your whatever your field is that you look up to and you respect the way that they handle themselves and be yeah. able to emulate that that's like how we like get like that's how we learn things mm-hmm. that's gorgeous I love that story but back to the back to your story okay so they missed you say mistook it for confidence and competence, but I have to tell you something. When you said confidence and competence in that gorgeous little baby accent, I was <laughs> buying everything you were selling, You're honey. Very nice. All of it. So then you started, and then she did you know, like, right away that it was like, when did you realize that it was like such a major moan? I guess after I, when I got the phone call from, and it was my whole team, which is like, you know, in, in, show business you have 45 people on your yes. team like there's people that you you don't even know their names they're out into was it like a miss universe because it, it was like amazing. you and three other like tall british like there like, were three there were three women in the final audition and, mike, and you saw them at the same time yeah well we and we all had to kind of sit there with each other knowing that we were the the final three and i feel for you girl i've been there but not was, in this but i've been there it was well i mean i just again felt kind of calm because i was just like oh she'll get it she's gorgeous and she's charming and she's experienced that's how you were talking yeah. to yourself yeah, yeah, properly. Oh, properly. fuck, I was not. When I, I was there, English. I was like, I was like, like, this bitch is, this is mine. No, I wasn't negative self-talking them, but they were like all trying to be like, all like, because like the whole time you had to be nice to everyone in the queer audition, of course. Yeah. Cause, you know, I mean, I am nice. We are nice. We're all, but we all wanted five spots. You know what right, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when everyone else was like trying to be like America's Next Top Best Friend model, I was like, mm-hmm. Like, but then really I was like, I was reserving my energy. You know what I mean? Cause like I knew when I no, needed to like turn it on and turn it off. I was calming the other girls down cause they were nervous and I was like, you're going to get this. Don't worry. Now I feel like a dick. Uh, but, um, <laughs> not good. Not good. Cause you know that when I, because um, that's what your character would have done. No, but also, be- but also like when I went for the first audition, you'll love this. So when I went to the first audition, I, uh, I didn't know my way around LA very well cause I hadn't been there very long. And I see this girl and she walks, 
Um, she's walking down the road after I've gotten out of my Uber and she's really beautiful and tall and, and Indian. So I was like, oh, excuse me, are you going to this audition? And she looks at it and she goes, oh, no, sorry, I'm not. And I said, oh, OK, can you tell me where this address is? So she sends me walking uh, way down this road that I'm on. So I walk all the way down. After about 10 minutes, I'm now in like a slightly sketchy part of Koreatown. So I was like, I think this was this woman was an idiot. So I turn around and I go back to where I'd started. And then I realised that the audition had been right there. So I walk in, she's in the fucking audition and she's going in on my fucking slot. And so I said to her, I was like, I'm sorry, didn't you just tell me that you weren't here for this audition? And she just went, sorry. She went in. She fucking went in on my slot. Tried to derail me. So to her, fuck you. But to the ladies that I was in the final audition with, uh, I wasn't being insincere. I really did think you would get it. Um, and uh, and Mike came in just to watch me sign my contracts. You have to sign a seven-year deal before you do the final test. So he came in only to watch wait, me sign the contract. Wait, 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 probably, wait, wait, wait. I look back and I'm like, oh, that was a trip All three off. of you do? Yes. All to, so the two that even don't... Rude, yeah, but then they just put the, their in a yeah, fire because yeah, well, then yeah. you're, you're not, yeah, yeah, exactly. of, course, of course, of course. But the fact that he came in just to watch me sign mine, he was like, oh, sorry, this is weird. I just like, it's a thing that I do. But then he, I don't think he went into anyone else's room to watch them sign the contract. Uh, and so that was a sort of amazing, magical moment that I now look back on with like great love for Mike Sher. He could not have been nicer to me, but also I was bullshitting my way through all these auditions because I didn't know how to act. And whenever anyone would ask me if I had experience, I'd be like, yeah. And he uh, asked me in that final audition, he was like, hey, so, you know, you can improv, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Love, love me. Love improv. Me and improv are one. <laughs> um, and then he asked me to improv with him for 10 Minutes. I just do ten minutes of improv, like in with character, the king or just of comedy, like as yourself, Mike Sher as Tahani, who I didn't know anything about because they wouldn't tell me anything about the show or the character. So I just did it, and I pretend. I think I pretended that her, that Princess Diana's ghost <laughs> had entered my body. I'd been taken over by the ghost of Princess Diana. So uh. I did a full interview, pretend fake mock up interview as that on camera, and I got the job. Ah, uh, what was, a story! It was a strange day. Okay, to make this day stranger. Okay. Where were you when Princess like I like I was here like there was a TV movie mm-hmm. my like my mom and Princess Diana got married the same year they got divorced the same year and they had both of their first two kids at the same year which were wow. also both boys so my mom felt this like very kinship very you. serious they were very much attached okay okay you know I bought it she was they're very <laughs> attached weren't you guys just devastated it was very very sad I was like 10 I think maybe years old and it was just a like it felt like the whole country went into mourning because you were months. there yeah and also like it wasn't like the social media age where everyone mourns for like two days and posts a quote and a picture of a celebrity this was like she was the heart of England and so it really felt awful and everyone would just go and we laid flowers at, at Buckingham mm. Palace and it was just it was very sad because she was such a ray of hope for England and for the monarchy uh, because she actually cared about people she did not to say did. that William doesn't I think her boys are great uh, amazing 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 yeah, amazing yeah. and and what she did for like those like the landmines and HIV AIDS and just and she, like I just I don't 
understand why people are so gross about like, I just wish you would, you know, be funny and cute on that little show and not have opinions on your Twitter. Like, cause I feel like I get that a lot. I get that a lot. It, like the why? amount of people who are just like just be a comedic actress stay in your place and it's like we have I see you talk about this a lot is that we have privilege because of our jobs because of our platform because society has somehow found a way to accept a gay man or a South Asian woman finally which is still a modern thing that you and I are able to have careers and we use that privilege to help other people and to shine light on problems and to signal boost the people who need their signals boosted and so I find it fucking ridiculous when people tell me that I shouldn't speak out about problems that I'm not personally suffering of course I should be speaking we should all be speaking out about it the only problem here is that more people in our position aren't speaking out about things and part of that is because activism has become scary and there's a lot of woke bashing and if you make a single mistake or you made a mistake 12 years ago you're never forgiven and woke you're punished. bashing honey woke bashing. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know and so cancel culture and leaving parties and all this other shit has made people afraid to admit when they don't know something or put their hand up and ask and it's made people afraid to join in to activism conversations because they're scared so I think that's something we need to maybe check ourselves on as a society but generally we do all need to join in on this fight and help the people you know the, the, the it's not that these people are voiceless but their voices aren't being heard they're being deliberately ignored by the powers that be who benefit from ignoring these people and we have a voice that's being listened to we should use it for some good and then also be funny yeah, I love to be funny. I love to do things for good. Yeah. Um, woke bashing scares me. A lot of things scare me. I things just scare me. RN. There's a lot to be scared about. Ah, uh, what? Uh, uh, that poor. Uh, here's the thing. I've realized in politics with um specifically female politicians because I'm mm-hmm. a sucker for a fierce blow dry. I love a strong shoulder pad. Mm-hmm. I love a heel. Like I find myself having to like remind myself that like Jody Ernst is like not cool. Like there's certain like you know what I mean. Because I'm like I just you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. so but not that Teresa May is like you know a nightmare. But I just I am like oh my god I love your little baby blow dry and I like your little baby outfits but then I you know mm-hmm. but are you stressed out for Brexit? So stressed. I'm out so for stressed Brexit. out for you guys for Brexit. Someone called me a pucky three ah! hours three hours after uh, the referendum got announced. I was like it's been three hours. It's ten a.m. Like what are you doing? How long have you been waiting to say that? Tan He's outside is a snappy snaps, which is a, a photo chain in England. Tan told me that that is a that that is a name that the, people say this in England. She's a derogatory word. This packy yeah, word, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the worst it's word. The, it's the worst word. Yeah, because see, in where I'm from, the the racism is strictly to like we've. I, I didn't even know like what Pakistan or Indian people looked like in rural America because like there's you know so like for yeah, white yeah. people where I'm from, it's very much like. Gay, major, yes, that's obvious. But I feel like you, if you were like Cuban or like maybe like from Pakistan or Indian, I feel like you might get a, you almost might get away with it in Quincy because they just have straight up, they're like, what in the world? Like you don't obviously stick out in the normal minority way that they think that minorities stick out where I'm from. Because like in our town, there's like white people and then there's like African-American people of color. And everything outside of that is like, unless you're a gigantic gay man. Okay. Got it. Or like in England, in England, the hierarchy does not favor the South Asians. So it's like it's it's been a tough old time. They love our food, but they're not like crazy about us. And we are only normally a source of ridicule or terrorism in like entertainment in England, which is a shame. Um, but I, I was lucky to be one of the breakthrough people who was given just a mainstream job that didn't reference my 
uh, race, which was on Channel 4. Uh, when I first became a host, that wasn't a thing. I wasn't like used as a token. I didn't have to talk like this uh. and uh, be silly billy. Uh, I was able to just be myself. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have to drive minicab. Um, it was just nice to be. I've, it's been amazing to be born when I was born. So I got to be part of a wave of like hyper normalizing just people from other cultures. It's it's really important work, but it also is, um, I like how younger generations, and I feel like I'm young enough to have been included in a little bit of this, because, like, I'm just so equally attracted to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so attracted to people, honey. I don't even care. I, I could care less where you attracted to you, can't help it, mm-hmm. love it, like, yeah. all, like everyone, you know? But I, it's, so to me, I'm like, I, discrimination so foreign to me naturally because I just am so into people. Mm-hmm. Like Brene Brown says, it's like, it's really hard to hate people up close, you know? Yeah. Like, people are great. But then on the other hand, it's like when people are like, well, we've come so far, like, because like affirmative action, for instance, is something that like, we don't need this anymore because it causes like reverse, girl, no, it doesn't. No, no, like it's it's the way that racism and favoritism has, but also I do feel like through history, it does classism and racism start to be, because it used to be like, those used to be, I can't, how do I explain it? Like they used to be, because like it used to be in America, like pre-Civil War, like class and race were like, if you were a person of color, you weren't going to have money because of slavery. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Now white people can be subjected a little bit more to classism than mm-hmm. they would have been back then. But they still don't have the extra harassment that African-Americans no. have. Of course so they it's don't. really like absence now, even for the poorest of white people, is still, uh, privilege is the absence of the trauma and the harassment you get. Totally. But then I just mean like when I think about police brutality, like mm-hmm. there was this boy in like North Carolina a few years, like I can't remember how long ago, but he was like a white kid got caught getting a, like he got in a police sting for a dime bag of pot, like mm-hmm. for a, for $10 a pot. Mm-hmm. And when he realized that the guy was a cop, he's tried like, cause the guy came to the window, the cop, the undercover guy came to a window and he tried to peel away. Like he just tried to get out. Cause he's like, I don't want to get the ticket. And they shot him like 10 times. Mm-hmm. And it was like in a questionable part of like North Carolina. And I just think that now, especially with police stuff in America, I feel like there is this, cause I mean, Obviously, people of color have like the pain body and like the just the it yes like everything. But that I mean, you're also you don't even have to drive away to get shot as a as a black person as an African American in America. You can just sit in your car and you still yeah, get shot and taken. A hundred percent. But yeah, you're you're right that it's like a a moment where we're maybe rather than turning on each other and being afraid of each other, we should look to the fact that now that our experiences are coming slightly closer together, develop some empathy for the fact that this is how these people have lived and then worse for so long. Like we should be helping each other. We 100%. should do everything we can to make reparations and we should be supporting cultures. Why cultural appropriation annoys me so much. Cause it's like, if you're going to, first of all, if you're going, if you're going to borrow from a culture, which because culture is such a melting pot and everyone is now like a mixed variation of race, I understand how it happens. But if you are going to borrow from another culture, make sure you are supporting that culture. Give some of your money to that culture that you were able to be so lucky to borrow from and make sure that you are bringing bringing other people from that culture up and shining a spotlight on them rather than just you know, siphoning from them. Yeah. And not giving anything back. Yeah. I think that's a problem. But anyway, that's another story. And another thing is like body shaming. You know, I talk about that a lot. It's something that I'm kind of obsessed with. And that's something that I really want to... That's something that I really hope that people like you and me can change. You're listening to Getting Curious and we'll be back with more after this quick little ad. I've struggled with body image 
so much money. I, like I remember, which being, is so crazy because you're so handsome that it's insane. I remember I was a really, really chubby little boy. Like I weigh oh. the same amount now, close to the same that I did when I was like born. nine. Okay, like born, but yes. But I mean, <laughs> I was like five four and like 190 pounds. I was like a chunky little booby baby, and I had like a little buck teeth, and I was just a, like I just wanted to sock figure skate in tunics. I was just such a little gaby. But I would, or I remember seeing <laughs> like, but like I, I didn't invent that term. But I um, remember seeing like Bowflex commercials, and and like I remember saying to my mom at like five or six like when am I gonna have abdominals like I'm not mine doesn't I'm still waiting for mine um I just you know but now I really did get to a place where I I developed I I talk about this in my stand-up a lot like I used to deal with such intense body dysmorphia that was so incapacitating Mm -hmm. through so much therapy and through so much years of like really not being comfortable with my body and like really loathing it and then learning to see the beauty in it and learning to kind of like find so much gratitude for my body and really learning to love it and now I have like reverse hollow shell syndrome for my body like I I, I, when I look in the mirror like I I see Antony but with hair you think you're too thin you worry you worry no 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 I think (laughs) I'm I'm like I see like like Tan once was like, oh, honey, like your T-shirt's like really tight right there. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, it's not. Like I'm a Dorito. Like I'm, I'm so svelte in the middle. Like it couldn't be tight on my lower back because I've. That's great. More power to you. I was like, I don't have any back fat. So how could there be like a a too tight of a T-shirt, Tan? Like, you know what I mean? Like I have too much body confidence with my crop. There's no such thing. There is definitely no such thing. And if only you could bottle that and sell that out to people, it would be so If you so feel great. good, honey, you feel good. Yes, and we just need to make sure that people feel good. Like, I had body dysmorphia. I had anorexia as a teenager. I, I didn't eat for, like, three years. I starved myself. I, my period stopped. I jeopardized all of my organs, including my heart. Like, I, I did so much to myself because I was trying to fit into the one ideal that women are given. Like, men have a lot of pressure, especially within the gay community. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on aesthetic but it's not quite the same with women and what's crazy with women is that there's always just one look with men we can fancy long hair short hair uh men who have a a, the dad bod is seen as sexy or men who are very toned or very skinny with all these different types so you can you can love a leonardo dicaprio or an adrian Brody. but with women it's just the teenage sex doll version of angelina jolie and that's it that's all we have to look like and 10 years before that it was the anorexic kate moss and before that it was you know whatever it was farah fawcett we get given this one specific body type every 10 years and we're expected to all just adhere to it despite our age or our race or our uh, genetics and we're never accepted if we don't fit into that one crazy Barbie doll mold and so that's something that I spend a lot of my time when I'm not on the good place talking about uh, and I started a whole movement around it um, but it's it's something that I feel very passionately about because it's something that I can see so many girls and boys are in so much trouble around this area. And we um, went through so you went through so much trauma like, yeah. with it, yeah. And I was also a fat kid, so I got bullied for being a fat kid. Me too. And I uh, then I when I was seventeen, I got hit by a car. I broke my back, uh, and so Ugh. I gained like five stone, which is seventy five pounds, which is approximately probably what you weigh. So I gained Ugh. you, and then um, and so then I was fat again and being bullied again. Ugh. And then I became uh, I lost the weight over time. I became a slim TV presenter. Then I had asthma and I took steroids and I gained seventy five. I gained you again. I gained seventy five pounds again. Got fat shamed in the media. I've had this long kind of like up and down journey and now I'm kind of at a place where I'm in Hollywood and I just I think I started this movement called I Weigh on Instagram and it was about a year ago that I started it where I encouraged people to uh, measure themselves via their values and their attributes and the things that they've contributed to society the things that they're proud of the things that they're struggling with and overcoming because I I finally snapped about a year ago I was 32 years old and I was like I am so 
tired. I can't believe I've spent 20 years hating myself, judging myself, picking myself apart and measuring everything that I've done in my life just based on whatever the scale tells me. And that scale will decide every morning how I'm going to feel about my entire day. I've missed 20 years of my life thinking about my body, thinking about food, thinking food is the enemy. And now I've kind of come to this place of just like via this I weigh movement, um, which you can find. Have you ever seen it? Did I ever show? Do you, so it's this thing on Instagram that I started. It's at I underscore way. And we have like over 300,000 followers. And it's nailing it. Notes of like women and, and people within the LGBTQ community. We've got some men, um, some cis straight men who are involved in the campaign. Yes. And it's thousands of posts of people just empowering themselves and owning who they are and what they do and what is amazing about their lives. It's basically about gratitude, which I was talking about at the beginning of this um, podcast. And so via that, I have developed this inner sense of strength whereby looking at all of them, reminding themselves of who the fuck they are and what they, how they deserve to be treated because we're all amazing people regardless of what we look like. It has given me this innate sense of self and self-confidence and the body that I have now is, is a, like I'm a normal slim woman. This body I would have torn myself to shreds over five years ago. I would have just sit there looking at my cellulite and my stretch marks and my lumps and my bumps and how untoned I am because I fucking refuse to exercise. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be bothered. Um, And now I just feel good about myself and I feel like a worthwhile human being and I feel so strong and I feel like part of that is growing in growing up and real and developing perspective. But I also think a big part of it has just been fighting back, which is why I'm so annoying on Twitter. You're not I'm annoying on Twitter. All about fight back. I look up to you so much for that. And that's I think that's very sweet. Um, I, no, I, I do. I really do. I mean, I always learned in yoga teacher, like yoga teacher training and through time in yoga. And I think this is so true. Like comparison is the thief of all joy. Yeah. And we are so trained to mm-hmm. compare. And that is part of human nature. And uh, being able to be aware of that, that's how I've been able to let myself be free and also like as a hairdresser who has been a hairdresser for 13 years and then Mm. like has seen like the talent side of things because like going into a job like as talent and going in as like the hairdresser is a very different like I've been a hardcore assistant for a long time I've been treated a whole lot of different types of ways by a whole lot of different types of actresses honey I could make your skin crawl with people who you think that you love who are actually the most garbage people of all time I won't name names but you exist (laughs) um and so the thing that I've learned about that is shook really shook um yeah because there's people now where like i'll see them and i'm like yeah you are a nightmare um but anyway the point is is that what you see on tv and what you see in pictures Mm -hmm. is not even real like there's so many pictures of me that like i can tell like they've added hair like they've photoshopped hair like because i always like they've given you more hair yeah because like when a hair when because like i'm a boy so like i don't have any hair like on the side right here it's like it's like beard hair right here it's not like this is like not hair it's like short okay so when she catches a breeze like there'll be you'll see like the background behind me like i always can tell when they like put a little chunk from here and like just cut her off and put her like right yeah it sucks i really I, i don't allow anyone to photoshop me now i mean i guess that's like a here's the thing for me with my hair because i'm nervous about going bald i know that like someday honey like i'm living on borrowed time my mom's dad graduated high school with like seven hairs on his head so right now i'm like Okay, like, fine, do it, but, like, don't do anything. Well, actually, I've never sold to anyone to not Photoshop my waist. Here's the point of the story, is that every picture that anyone is seeing, except for if they're doing it your style, which is great, but so often, like, when the when the clients over the years have brought in these pictures to me, like, I want this hair. That is Photoshopped, color-corrected hair that no matter how long we spend here today, yeah. it's not happening. I can't tell you what people really look like in real life. I mean, they're all fine-looking, but they don't look the way that you think they do. And it's, like, I, f- I think Photoshop is grossly... I'm sorry if I sound really judgmental and assholey, 
but I'm going to say it. I think it is a terrible, terrible thing to use if you are in uh, the public eye because you have a responsibility to not make people feel like shit and sell them lies. And I, think I don't do it people- on Instagram. I don't know how to, I can't work Photoshop myself. <laughs> I really can't. I wasn't having a go at you. I'm but I'm just saying. About, I'm talking about the people who have people looking up to them for their looks in particular, who are like selling them products like flat tummy shakes or oh, yeah, these detoxes yeah. who are being like, this is what, this product that I'm selling you, young person who doesn't know anything about what my life is really like and doesn't know about my personal chef and my dietitian and my yes. surgeons and my uh, Photoshop app filters. Yes. Uh, this product will make you look like me. And it's like, you don't even look like you. I've seen you in the fucking supermarket. Yeah. You look fine, but you don't look like you do in the advert. That, that shit is not working. Totally. Well, I mean, sometimes like if I don't Postmates like pie four nights in a row, like yeah. I could think about looking like that you know what i mean but the truth is is that i but we I don't, don't need to no i love it and it hurts us to see ourselves don't you feel like that doesn't it make you feel like shit when you see a photoshop picture of yourself and then you have to deal with the mirror okay i've only ever noticed see. it with my hair i don't know if i don't okay. think my body's ever been well, done so men don't get photoshopped the way i only notice do, it with we, my don't, hair. we don't we don't focus also I mean, but this one time jimmy like okay. i had to do this trailer okay. for yeah. like for gay of thrones <laughs> like back in the day and, and my shirt was gonna be off and i was like oh my god my shirt's gonna be off like it's so just like i'm gonna do that gay man diet where like i only just i'm gonna do a chicken breast and sweet potato and broccoli five times a day i went to hot yoga every morning for an hour and a half okay. and then I went to my Pilates every night and I did she was so cut she had so many abs if you looked at me wrong I would cry I was ready to fucking come unglued I hated myself I hated you every podcast <laughs> I did that year I think I almost fell asleep in the booth like it was nothing was working I and then I re, and that wasn't even a year it was like three months but I was like oh I was like I would rather just be like my gorgeous voluptuous self my wide shouldered self but my also wide love handled self but I don't even care because she needs to eat I'm hungry yeah. I love cookie pe- those pizzas that are cookies good for you yeah and good I also love like one peanut butter toasted sandwich at night but I love four too I was a miserable fucking anorexic I was miserable I was starving all the time I was angry I was using these fucking stupid teas that I was buying off the internet I was Ugh. shitting all the time and just in pain on the toilet. These are awful. Oh also, these teas that you get sold, they not they don't make you lose weight. You just poo. You poo and you poo and you poo for one day and then you stop It's like KO for like six days. No. You're constipated. She afterwards. makes you constipated. Yes, they make you constipated that you have to buy more. Oh my God. One time I eat these like five brand muffins in a row. It's the only time in my whole life I've ever been constipated. Like, honest <laughs> to God, it's the only time it ever happened to me. It was such excruciating what pain. Is this episode? I, I don't know. Well, we I love it, but we've been everywhere. But also too, just for you like 17 people on that Lipton post talking about my fucking deed that, that was not that chemical. She was a dandelion, grapefruit, and nettle. She was, and Jamila didn't even say, you don't even need to say anything now, Jamila. But you look at those ingredients, Queens. She didn't have any weird chemicals. I would never. I was sent your post and I looked at it. Oh, you did? I looked at the ingredients. You did? did you saw it? You offensive. Oh my God, you did, did think that. that. Oh my offensive. God. You saw no, that before you yeah, came here? If you had had Senna in that, I would have not, Oh, so Senna the culprit? A, yes, Senna is bad. I mean, lots of different things. But Senna is the more natural one that they use, so they don't tell you. They use it, uh, call it a pretty name like Senna. It's a laxative. All this, all these things are laxatives. That's it. That's what you're buying. Just own it. Own it. That she's a lax. Yeah, don't. But also, like, she's I just don't like that because for me as a, you know, versatile bottom, I can't be doing, like, I can't, I need to kind of, it's got to be kind of stuff. What's a versatile stu- bottom? Oh, I am very versatile, but I, I enjoy... I penetrative, the thing. I penetrative, the thing and the receiving. Oh, right, she does okay. both. I'm versatile. She's yin and she's yang. But you lean more towards the bottom. Well, it really depends on the relation. I think she's a versatile bottom. I enjoy okay. to just get in the nook, you know. But then also sometimes, like maybe you need to be in the nook. Yeah. But typically, depends I think I like to day, be in the nook. Yeah, I think. and also 
in light of my life experiences, I'm realizing that uh, what's much better is to just like go to dinner with people and like be in your own nook with your own cats. Yes. Yes. I agree. Because you know, you know, you know what I'm pissed off about. What do you? What I've been about? sold. Can we have like ten more minutes? Do you care? Are you late? Is that okay? Are we? Good? I'm no. I'm fine. Okay, I can talk me too. to you Great. all day. Okay, me to you. Okay. Um, I feel like what I was <laughs> sold, like in my whole life, that really fucked me up, is like Sex in the City syndrome. No offense, Sex in the City, because I love you guys so much. But the idea that I need this like love so deep, you know, that uh, that a mountain I wouldn't cross, and this idea that I have to be in relationship to be happy. Yeah. Since Queer Eye has come out, every interview, it's like, oh, you're the single one, like. I mean, maybe it isn't that, but it feels like it to me because mm-hmm. I get asked about that so often. And it's like, you're not like, there's something the matter with it's Bridget Jones, honey. It's that whole thing. Like, yeah. like single dumb. And I just think that is at the end of the day, Diane von, Dion von Furstenberg said this to me. And I was like, oh my God, if you said that to me, I'm, this is very confirmed. She was like, the most important relationship you'll ever have is like the one with yourself and like how you love yourself, how you treat yourself, how you nurture yourself. Like it's never going to be with someone else. Cause like everything else is impermanent. And the idea that like, I think culturally, maybe that's maybe that's a white person, white privilege thing that I was sold. But I do feel like we were sold that the fuck a lot. Yes. And you fuck you, I do not need you to be whole. <laughs> She's very whole the way she is. She's very whole the way that she is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But again, it's just shaming. It's shaming, 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 shaming. You'll go buy the app. You'll go buy something that'll make you more fuckable. You'll go buy something. We, with the, the society just wants you to buy stuff and it, it uses breaking you down into a tiny little piece of just crumbling cookie in order to make you just go and get up and go out and consume. They just want you to consume at any cost. However, the sh- however bad they need to make you feel about yourself they will do it in order to sell to you and it's like consuming is okay but she's like a moderate like be like it's like my grandma always said honey it's like moderate like moderation honey like just like it's like if you need to get Buy the something thing that you need yes yeah. but like we just have to have those critical thinking skills so we can tell the difference but also and i've been saying this recently online because i'm really coming for you know i managed to get avon the makeup brand to remove uh some of their marketing slogans for some fucking product called was it called naked proof as if you can't be naked without this product because god forbid someone sees your ghastly stretch marks i've got stretch marks all over my tits my ass looks like an a to z of london um uh, it's just uh, wait it's just what is that second part that's an a, good... a to z of london is a map of london so it's just streaks everywhere it's fantastic uh, i love what this a ass. great phrase when is the book are we doing a book deal when's the book i'm so ready for the book <laughs> um what was i saying so i was saying yeah so we, so this this product is is telling you that like everybody is beautiful unless you have any blemishes whatsoever and they've got this like airbrushed photograph of a model where she's got no marks whatsoever. And therefore that is sold to us as the beautiful. Everyone's got cellulite. Everyone's got stretch marks somewhere. Everyone's got dimples. We're all just human beings. We all get spots. Our shit stinks. It's just how it is. Unless so, you're one of those like 2% of people who was just born like that. And then, but you're probably a nightmare. And also it's coming to you. It's coming exactly. to us all. Time yes. and gravity is coming to oh, us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Pharrell Williams, but everyone apart from Pharrell Williams. Oh Time yeah. Time and gravity is mm-hmm. coming to him. That's, mm. That man is a vampire. <laughs> Who else? And he's like, not real. There's a lot of gorgeous people. But you know what? My grandma, like, God rest her, like, she's not around anymore, but she never did, like, a thing. And she also accidentally smoked, like, two packs a day till, like, 1985. But I, and also, it could be, I'm biased because I was obsessed <laughs> with her. Her name was literally Ann Oakley. Can you even? But she was, like, the selfie that I took with her on her deathbed. She literally was on her deathbed in the hospital. Like, she wasn't on a dead, death- though. No. Okay. But fine. it was like, oh, you know, they say that term deathbed, you know, okay, it's the, sure, the bed. Sure, sure. Yeah. But she wasn't dead yet. But we like did this cute little selfie. I knew that it was going downhill because she was like complimenting my hair and 
that woman never had one nice thing to say about like my long hair ever. Like it was she not understand. And she's like, God, your hair looks good. And I was like, Oh fuck you are good. You are like about to meet your maker. But the point is sitting on like a pee pee pad. She never looked better. I'll show you this selfie before you leave. She was gorgeous. Never did a thing. Literally. <laughs> Seriously, but that's she's just so it. pretty. That's just it. Like we all, we all look great. And if we could just learn to not be like so programmed, the, the the thing I was trying to say is that the thing that I'm talking about at the moment, currently online, about advertising and manipulation, is just that it's fine to sell a product that the people need and the people want, but. If you have to shame people and manipulate people in order to make them want your product, then you are selling something bad and you should be stopped. If a pro- if you have to manipulate and abuse someone into thinking they need your product, you are selling something pointless and bad and kind of evil. Yeah. And if you're on those ad teams with the, with this said product on that little yeah. baby Avon point of view, so like a way that you could have sold that that's not gross is like apply the product to one half the, of the model and then not the other half and be like, see how you can still see like how there's still kind of like some moments, but how it's like less bad on this side. Just be like, if you want to get rid of some cellulite, wait, buy wait, this product. No, I just caught my own programming from my whole life. Okay. Uh, I just caught it in real time. <laughs> it's like do the one half and then on the other side, be like, see how this side is a little bit more diffused, like the whatever, she's more diffused on this side, whereas this side. It's I mean, more, they Photoshop whatever. everything anyway, but Avon removed the marketing. But in that world, credit. they wouldn't. No. In this world where they're doing like half on, half off, you yeah. know, just so you can see the difference, you know, so you yeah, can yeah. figure it out for yourself. I know. And then wouldn't that be funny if there's like Harry Potter ads in it and like the model like moved and was like, <laughs> oh, see how she's, oh my God, I wish Harry Potter, did, uh, don't you love Harry, did you like Harry Potter? Because so of course we're British. Mind. I want to do an MRI scan of your brain. It's oh my so God. Amazing. What if you just did an MRI and she was all like, game over. Like, she's just like, you know what I mean? She's just like, she's like about to just like, just not work. She's amazing. Oh my God. Um, So we've come to that point where we're 15 minutes 30 minutes over, but I don't care. But okay. I just like, did we say everything that you feel that we, we said need to everything. say? There's something I would like to say, which is just that if you are ever someone who's feeling bad about yourself, please head to our Instagram account. It's at I underscore way W E I G H and post something that makes you feel good. Have a look at the posts that we have on there. There are so many amazing, inspiring people from all different communities and minorities and majorities. Even it's just people who want to come together, who are tired of being made to feel like shit. If you are one of those people, People, come and join us at iWay. We're turning it into a company. There's a whole, oh, you're, you've got it up there now. She just followed. She's followed back. She's had that and, followed back, um, girl. And other than that, I uh, hope you enjoyed The Good Place, which is back uh, on TV now. Oh, thank God. I have one more episode left. Mm-hmm. I have this rule with The Good Place where I watch one episode, then I go back and I watch it again. Then I watch the second. Then I start over from the beginning to watch it over again. Why? Because I want to make a take. Well, because I'll, I will. There are so many tiny details. Just don't want it to be over since I am a binge queen. So I just like to prolong it as long okay. as possible. Okay. That's fine. Well, that's great. Thank but you. But it still only support. takes like, because tw- the whole thing only just got there. Yes. Yeah. So it's great. So it's been like a daily thing. It's a lot. It's fine. I watch a lot of good plays. No, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, this is why you don't have time for relationships and stuff. You're busy. Well, British baking challenge busy. as well. Yeah. She also in skating. Well, she's this. she's taking over the world. She's an activist. Uh, she's watching The Good Place fifteen times a day. Uh, you know how how does she have? I'm time? fixing people's hair in my kitchen now. Is my new Insta story or my new Insta series? I'm going to do Kitchen Beautician. Did you do my hair one time? I, I, do you, I, I, you, your hair is so good. I'll style it. I would love. You don't that. need me to cut your hair. No, no, don't cut no, my hair. No, no, it's so good. You don't need a thing. It. But we could do a little baby blow dryer or something. You know, oh we God. could do as a cute what little like do? DIY, little like cute like DIY mask or something, just like a little moisture treatment or sure, something. Whatever you want. I love DIY moisture masks. Okay. 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 Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Benness. My guest this week was the amazing Jamila Jamil. You'll find links to Jamila's socials in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter if you please. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much for her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend, show them how to subscribe to podcasts because everyone uses podcasts in their lives. Thank you so much, Getting Curious team. We love you so much. We are produced by Sarah Shammy, Cody Ziegler, Julie Creo, Ray Ellis, Colin Anderson, Mary O'Hara. Thank you so much. We love you guys. 